0: Welcome to the Aussie Bloggers podcasts brought to you by Tan and Amanda. Tan's from Write Your Cancer and Amanda's from My Office Books and you can find them both at Blogger Support for All. Join them as they talk about blogging and as they speak to a variety of Aussie bloggers who share their own stories, secrets and successes about the world of blogging. And now, here's Tan and Amanda.
1: Hi, I'm Tan from Write Your Cancer. Hi,
2: I'm Amanda from
1: My Office Books.
3: And And we're we're from Aussie Aussie Bloggers
2: Bloggers
1: Podcast.
3: (laughs) And today we have Carly Finlay with us. How are you, Carly?
2: Hey, I'm well. How are you?
3: We're great. You good? Yeah,
2: absolutely.
3: So tell us a little bit about yourself and your background and what you blog about.
2: Mm -hmm. Sure. So I have been blogging for a long time since about 2001, um, but not on this blog. I've been blogging on my own blog, <laughs> my current blog rather, since nah, 2009. So I started blogging um, on a Diaryland blog in 2001 and it was really, I don't know, it, was, it wasn't very substantial, it was just really little snippets. It was a lot of, I do silver chair quotes and um, you know, a bit of broken heart stuff. And then I went to university and had to do a blog for that. So I've been blogging on – I blogged on that for a little while. And then I um, I had a MySpace blog. And then this one I started in 2009 and I have been going since then. So that's um, nice. i got a Facebook memory today actually to say that three years ago it clicked over to one million hits like today, three years ago. But now it's at about three million hits. So that's pretty – Pretty good.
3: Wow. Three yeah. It's on um,
2: your blog. Yep. So, tell yep. us the name
3: so, of that particular blog.
2: um It's just my name, Carly Finlay. It used to be called Tune Into Radio Carly because people told me that I would change the subject a lot when we were talking and they said Tune Into Radio Carly because it was like flicking a radio, you know, different radio station. <laughs> but then lots of people got confused and I don't know whether they'd ever read my blog, but they'd say, "Oh, I love your radio show." And I said, "I don't have a radio show," so <laughs> <laughs> so I just I changed it probably about two years ago, yeah. just my name and yeah, for a awesome. bit of consistency. Yeah,
3: huh. I remember tuning to Radio Carly definitely.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I've still got it on the little um, top bit actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's a little bit of a reminder. I don't even know what that's called. You know, the bit that the, the title bit of your blog. Yeah. Behind, behind the html yeah mm. yeah so tell us carly why
3: you began blogging in the first place
2: mm, it was just to write really i loved it and it was to connect with other people i think my first blog was a bit emo and i didn't even identify with being emo then but you know i was 19 or something and it was just a bit depressing really a bit dreary and then but it was, but it was because i wanted to write and then um, my university blog, obviously, was because I had to do it, and the MySpace one was because I, you know, wanted to develop my writing. And then when I was doing my masters of communication, I really wanted to develop a portfolio of writing, and so I really tried to focus on on this one being a bit more serious. Um, I don't, I don't think it was until I got my first freelance writing um, commission yeah. that I really focused on being serious. Um, no, maybe maybe a bit before that. I think I went to hospital and I wrote about my skin, which I'll talk about in a minute, and I got a really good reaction. And I thought, well, maybe this is where I can focus because before that I didn't really write much about that because I was a bit scared about what would happen. So... Yeah, Um, and then since 2010, so just a little while into blogging on this blog, um, I started writing freelance for um, a Victorian government website called Divine, and then um, from that, Mamma Mia picked me up, which was good, and I have been sort of freelancing ever since then. Which yeah, so that's been alright. So I've been freelancing for about just over five years. About
1: five and a half years. Okay, so you talk about freelancing, so are you talking about freelancing yep. as a guest blogger or as a, mm.
2: as a ghost writer? No, as a paid, a paid columnist I guess, as a, you know, as a writer. Um, so I, so I wrote for, um, for Divine about body image, this one article, and I had interviewed or tried to interview Mia Friedman and She put me in touch with someone else and then when I finished my article, I sent it to her and she said, "Um, we'd love to have it published on our website. So, from then, I either had things republished from my blog or have written things to, you know, from scratch, been commissioned to write things. So, um, I I don't write much for Mamma Mia anymore. I mostly write for Daily Life, which is a Fairfax publication. Mm, So I've been writing for them for about three years. Um, I haven't written anything this year for them, but on average last year was about one article a month. So, yeah, it's been all right.
3: Oh, that's great. And Carly, I remember we met a couple of years ago at, at ProBlogger and I yep. and I asked you what you uh, blogged about and, or uh-huh. why you blogged and you mentioned about social good. And I was so impressed yep. at the time because I hadn't actually
2: met anyone that
3: actually blogged for Social Good. So would you like to talk a little bit about
2: that for our listeners? Yeah, sure. So I blog about my skin, my appearance, um, because I have a rare skin condition called ichthyosis, And there's about 24 different types of this condition ranging in severity from um, mild to quite severe, and I'm on the quite severe end. Um, and since I've been sharing my story, I've realised that it empowers others to share their story. So through doing so, I get a lot of people write to me to say that they've had the condition you know, all their life, they didn't realise anyone is out there with that condition. You know, some people that have told me this have been in their 50s or 60s. And until they've read my blog, they thought they were all alone. I've had parents say that I've given them hope for their children, um, to know that their children will lead a fulfilled and happy life. Um, And I've also had a lot of, you know, adults contact me and and people my age and teenagers and to, you know, to to share their stories. And then a lot of different people with um, various facial um, differences as well have contacted me so through that um I guess my blog for well for a long time I wanted to monetize my blog and I found it really hard because to be honest no brand wants a chronic illness or disability blogger and that's quite sad that they won't see the benefit in diverse bloggers um but I found that my own path was a better way to go so I don't have to Um, I guess be held to account by different brands for blogging about what they like which isn't to say I don't do the odd sponsored posts but I probably do about two a year and I'd rather write freelance than sell my blog out to ads Um, and so um, through through blogging I guess I get attached to a few charities that ask me to put their stuff out I get quite a bit of interest from charities and not all fit but I've blogged a lot about um, Love Your Sister. So Samuel Johnson, who rode around Australia on a unicycle um, for his sister who has cancer, um, I was the first blogger to um, interview him before he set out and I followed his journey and... and, um, went to his homecoming and i think yeah i I met connie at the airport last year we hadn't met before that but we just bumped into each other at the airport so that was nice to finally meet her and also um i've done a little bit of stuff for donate life Um, one of my best friends was on the lung transplant list Mm -hmm. when i met her and i met her through blogging i um we, we actually used to write for that website divine and i had um I stalked her on Facebook and got in touch because I really liked the sound of her. I thought I want to be her friend. And then, and then I think she was in hospital one day and I said, can I come and visit you in hospital? And that was the first time that we met and we're really, yeah, really good friends now. So, um, she was on the lung transplant list and for 18 months and then she got a, a lung transplant in 2013, which has been fantastic. And she's been able to do so much more and lead this amazing full life. So I've vlogged a lot about. Um, the importance of organ donation just from seeing what, how it's benefited her. And um, when she went for her transplants, um, or just before she went for a transplant, she was asked to be a judge in a blogging competition for Donate Life, and a, um, a number of video makers um, were making videos, and a number of bloggers were writing blogs, and I was asked to blog uh, to judge the blogging component. And then she said, "Oh, but I'm sure you won't have to. I'll, I'll be you still." And then she got the call to be to go for a transplant, so I got to be the judge in that that competition. So that was that it's was exciting. nice. So you've
3: had
2: a yeah, lot of- and last.
3: Exciting things happen. Oh, you've had a lot of exciting things happen over
2: the last few years. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Blogging has been amazing for just opportunity. And in, I think it was 2011, um, someone, a, a person from a company, a university actually retweeted my one of my blogs. And I looked at what they did. I really like the look of them. Um, they're called the Centre for Appearance Research um, in Bristol at the University of Western, Western England. And I really like what they did. And I asked... Somehow how I could get involved with with their work. And then they asked me to review their program for young people with facial differences and I did that. And then they had to come to Australia for a conference and they met with me and they asked me if I could go to England and speak. And I said, okay, that was pretty wow. amazing. And that <laughs> happened because they retweeted an article that I had written. So I went to England in 2012. That was my first trip overseas and my hospital helped me go. So they paid for my airfare to... To England because I, I had to extend my trip. I was initially going to America just for blog her, but I then went to to England, and I think I was the first academic patient to go um, with Royal Melbourne Hospital's help. So that was really nice. And wow. sometimes I talk to pati- um, to doctors about um, the social aspects of my condition as well because um, they, you know, they study so much medical stuff that they don't really know about the, um, the social aspects of this condition. So it's been pretty amazing. Yeah. I think that, I think going to England is probably the most exciting thing that's happened from blogging. Mm-hmm. <laughs> got some wonderful, yeah, wonderful and uh, actually, um, last year—no, hang on—I don't know. No, this is probably equal. So, <laughs> last year, I <laughs> I organised the first Australian ichthyosis meet for people with ichthyosis in Australia, and we had seventy-five people come, and twenty-five of those had ichthyosis, and there was one person that came from New Zealand, and we had a couple of people that come from Perth and all around Australia, and it was amazing. And some people had never met anyone with their condition before. So it was really nice and I'd organized the, um, the venue. We had it at the zoo and I did some crowdfunding and um, it got heaps of sponsors. That's something that was really good. I didn't think I'd ever be able to work with sponsors. Like I said, no yeah. brand wants to work the chronic illness blogger, but this was really beneficial and I went to a couple of blogging events that I wouldn't normally go to just so I could meet with these brands that, um, you know, were sort of child-oriented yes. and so I got all this stuff from um, a really great brand called Lifelike Touring and they gave me maybe three big bike boxes of DVDs and soft toys and all this stuff oh. for kids oh. and... Yeah, and Olympus donated the camera, and I got a camera as well. And um, and one of the, yeah, one of the kids there won the camera, and it was amazing. So it was such a good day. Yeah,
3: that Olympus was really, yeah. I think that
2: was maybe the best thing.
3: Olympus really get behind the the blogging world, don't they? Don't
2: yeah, they're that. really good. Mm. I love their workshops at, and at Pro Blogger, they're very inclusive and mm. yeah, it's great. Mm.
1: Can I and can I just ask? Can we have one or two yeah. of those pictures for? Yep. With that meeting you have, so we can pop that onto the website because I sure. think that'd be really important mm. to give people awareness of yeah. what it is you're accomplishing. That it's it's not just the social aspect from the blogging, but you're actually organising events, and I think mm-hmm. that's really important for people to become more aware.
2: Yep, I can do, and I'll send you the link to the summary of the day as well oh, because awesome. I wrote a couple of pieces um, last May, but it was it was a big a big thing to organise, and there were a few people. It helped but i did the majority of it on my own so it was quite a big thing and i was actually probably tired for the rest of the year <laughs>
1: <laughs> and that's yeah. something i wanted to ask you about from the social yeah. aspect of blogging i've noticed because i follow you on facebook i've noticed there's been yeah. quite a number of quite controversial responses with some of your updates and some of the things that you've actually posted have been taken completely out of context. So yeah. as yeah. a blogger, how do you go about fixing those kind of situations where you have people get things completely the wrong way?
2: Well, it's re- it can be really hard. It can be really hard on like, emotionally. The other day I posted about... Um, the model Madeline Stewart who has Down syndrome yeah. and she was posing in a, um in a bridal shoot. And I, I wrote about like I linked to her thing and I said that this is great to see that she's, um you know, in, in this bridal shoot. And since I've been, I'm getting married soon. And since I've been doing my wedding planning, I've noticed the lack of diversity in um wedding media. And I said, wouldn't it be great to see actual brides? Cause she's, uh, not a bride. She's posing as a model. Wouldn't it be great to see actual brides in wedding media? Mm. And oh my gosh, I had a friend or a supposed friend who told me how she hates weddings and that they're just a waste of money. And I had, oh, and she also told me that, um, you know, why should there be, um, representation of diversity in wedding media like there's no there's no point and I, and I replied and i said how lovely it must be to wake up every morning and open a magazine and to see someone like you looking back at you because she's just that's just reeking a privilege i also had a couple of people that were just that that were talking about how their child with down syndrome could not possibly get married and it was just blasphemy to for, of me to to say that, that they should get married. I had someone discourage, um, healthy sexual relationships amongst disabled people. Um, it, it was ridiculous and I was kind of laughing at it, but it, it just became a bit, a bit stupid after a while. So I, I actually blocked someone. They, um, they asked me whether I advocate for, um, murdered babies. Per- and huh? I and I just said, y- you missed the point and you're arguing to the wrong person. You know, I am pro disability mm. and, Yeah, and I was talking about the representation of disability in media. I wasn't talking about selective abortion. Um, But then there's but then sorry, I'm going to laugh. I don't know how it's even connected. I know. Um, But then I think the worst thing is when people misconstrue what happens to me personally. So um, the like I write a lot about how people are really quite awful and and quite stupid in a way as well to how in response to how I look. And so, for example, I had a man on the train um, not give me a seat. And my skin gets quite sore and I wanted a seat one day. And I'm really polite. I say, excuse me, please have a seat. And generally, everyone gets up for me. And this man was sitting in an accessible seat and he didn't want to give me a seat. He looked at the sign and then he sort of paused for a while and he questioned whether he had to give me a seat. And I said, I've got a skin condition and I'm quite sore today. I would not I'd really appreciate it if you give me a seat and he, he didn't. And then I said, oh, it's fine. Don't worry about it. Um, you know, I shouldn't have to justify needing yeah. a seat. Right. And no one else got up around me and I walked off just to the main door and I stood up. And um, then he got up, he got up for me, but he just started ranting and swearing and said, all I need is another effing five seconds to read the sign. And he, he was, I think he was an Indian man. And he told me that if he was a white man, this would never happen. And I said, this is not a racial yeah, you know, a racial disagreement it has got nothing to do with your race. And then when I when I did go back to the seat because I took it later, he said to me that um, I shouldn't be going to work even because I've got a skin condition. And then I said that I'm just as entitled to go to work as anyone else. Anyway, the whole thing was awful and no, no one spoke up and I went to work in tears. Yeah. And I wrote about it on Facebook and the majority of people were really supportive. But then there were one or two that just questioned why – um, you know, maybe maybe I should have been kinder on this man. Maybe I should take this as a lesson. And, oh, my gosh. And the thing is, like, if I'm assertive and call that out, then then they get all huffy with me. I find that really, really hard. I, I find the questioning of these things that happen to me when I write about it online, I almost think it's easier not to sometimes.
1: Mm. And I can certainly understand that. I mean, look, I remember there being a lady that was pregnant Mm-hmm. And she asked a schoolboy to get up off his seat and he refused. Yes. And I said, Look, you've got a, you come from a private school. I can see your uniform. You've got a choice here. You can t- be determined to sit mm-hmm. in that seat and I'm going to call the school after taking a picture of you on my phone, uh, or you can get up and be quiet and learn a lesson here. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and, he got up, speaking up. and
1: he got up and yeah. she sat down and she just whispered thank you but i thought mm. how awful is it that there's a generation yeah. of young people who don't seem to understand the common courtesy of menace
2: yeah i know and i i have had a couple of young people that have said oh you're sunburnt. you don't need a seat and then but this guy like i always try and ask someone that looks around my age it's a man or a school child, you know, a teenager to uh, to give up their seat. I try not to ask women and I try not to ask old people. And the week before, an older man said to me, oh, no, I'm not able to get up. I've got a bad knee. And I said, oh, that's fine. And someone else got up. But if this guy, or the rude man on the train, had to just said, oh, I can't, because he did actually say he's got a bad back and he can't get up. And I said, well, you could have just said that. He yeah. could have just said to me, I'm sorry, I can't give you a seat. So, yeah, and so, yeah, sometimes I find that if I... If I write about what's happened, it's actually worse than the actual thing that's happened because people go and question it and they misconstrue it and they tell me I should toughen up.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, I'm a mother of four kids and I can tell you definitely it's got nothing about toughening up. It's about people showing common courtesy and empathy. And I think that's a quality that we forget to learn because at times so many of us are so busy in life, with working full time mm. paying a mortgage we don't always have the time to sit with our children and teach them these skills
2: yeah. um and so they, but they not... need to be taught in skills in schools
1: oh well i mean I, that's another controversial subject <laughs> <laughs> because when does parenting have to be yeah. handed over to the curriculum of the secular environment um, and i think it still comes back to the parents i think as mm. parents and one that i've got four kids so I'm allowed to talk <laughs> um we need to teach our children empathy, courtesy, yeah. respect, appropriate speech, appropriate questioning, appropriate yeah. steering, staring. These oh, are I all know. things that as a parent we are obligated to teach and it yeah. has nothing to do with the secular side. And unfortunately you have mentioned in some of your, your articles that where parents have forgotten to be parents, and in fact, mm. they've forgotten about these common skills themselves, and mm. that's why you find you find yourself in these embarrassing and confrontational yeah. situations in the first place. Yeah. So um, it, it's a big it's a big thing, but I think definitely your blogging definitely makes people more aware because when yeah, you're you. in a perfect kind of environment where you don't have health issues, mm. you don't understand. Other people's circumstances. And I love that you are putting yourself out there. And yes, I know you get, you get a minority group that quite loud and make things difficult mm. for you. But there's so much good that you are empowering to other people to be more aware of. And I think don't ever forget that.
2: Thank you so much. Thank, that's lovely. I really I really like that you as a parent have said that, you know, it's your job and and parents jobs to teach children because I think just as maths and English are on the curriculum at school, I do think that diversity should be on the curriculum at school, but the values they start at home and and the, there was a woman at the cinema and I wrote about her recently um who whose child was staring and staring and I kept on saying hello and trying to make them feel good about themselves. And, and then he just started pointing. And when I said that he was being very rude by pointing and staring, I got yelled at um, for being rude. But, when you know parents who read that article because it got republished on Kidspot, which um, was interesting, never read the comments there. Um, and they're great supportive staff members, you know, a great supportive team. But the the readership is just quite critical because pa- parents are critical of other parents or non parents, and so I got. You know statements like, "Well, it wasn't her job to teach the kid. The kid's only small. He should know. He shouldn't know better." But it, yes, it is the job. And I remember when I was, you know, three or four. My my parents are always teaching me not to stare, not to point. And I probably pointed instead. I remember I saw a lady that was really tall, and I said, "Wow, that lady's really tall." And my mum told me off about how rude it was. And you know, I remember that. And so I just I just wonder where what what children. Um, or where parents are lacking in in this explanation. But I do know there's a lot of really great people out there that are teaching diversity and, um, you know, helping parents and and children understand that, which is a good thing.
3: Yeah, I think we've got a bit of a parenting blog happening here
2: (laughs) oh don't i that's controversial i don't want to comment on anything wow i actually um i wrote about i
1: made sure i said that i was a mother of four children so
2: i'm allowed to talk (laughs) (laughs) i wrote about um the the, I guess, embarrassment and um, exploitation even of children who have disabilities online last year. And through what I do and and who I connect with, I see a lot of people with um, kids that have disabilities, especially my condition. And there's things online that I just think, wow, did you even think about that before you put that up? And I understand it's through desperation. It's through, um, you know, like not knowing what, what medical advice to, to seek even or not not having a doctor nearby, so they put these things online in support groups, but they're not really private. You know, I've seen children's genitals being shared. I've seen, um, I've seen, um, you know, kids in the bath screaming, and I've seen skin on on couches, and it, it's really awful to to see and to think that parents have shared this, not thinking about the impacts of. That being online forever, so I wrote about that, and I, I included a lot of balanced views, and not just my opinion. And you know, stated that I'm not a not a parent, but I have been a child with this condition, and and I saw how my parents have responded. And I'm pretty internet savvy, and been a writer for years. And the reaction that I got from some parents was awful. Um, it it was really hard, and and I. You know, I didn't want to blog for a while. I received, and I haven't really spoken about this to anyone um, publicly anyway, but I received um, some awful comments from some Australian bloggers and someone's husband actually sent me a threat and uh, I was just shocked. I I didn't name that that blogger. I, I didn't do anything to link to them. Yep. they ended up linking to my post with a do not link and they would call their friends over to my Facebook page to come and see the fallout. And when I raised the topic about this kind of silent bullying, you know, this yeah. sort of calling people over to watch the fallout and yep. um, snickering away over... Um, you know, you know, over, over someone being attacked, and um, and this kind of "do not link" mentality, which you know flags your bloggers offensive. When I when I wrote about that, their husband sent me a message telling me to stop this right now. Wow. I, yeah, that's, um, that's and really I, right I, I was fearless. home alone and, and my fiancé was was out and, and I messaged him going, when well, are you going to be home because I don't feel safe? Like, he's found me and assumed that whatever I was writing about was about his wife and I found it really hard to the point where I was scared to go to ProBlogger. Oh,
3: really? Yeah. Wow.
2: Yeah. Um, it It wasn't nice and I feel like we, like some people, I'm made to feel that they, they don't have the right to talk about these things. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like the blogosphere is um, always free speech, if that makes sense.
3: Oh, you're absolutely correct. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, having to deal with silent bullies, having to deal with, with you know, everything you have to deal with makes you such a, an incredibly inspirational and, and brave, strong person. I'm just Thank in awe you. of you, Carly. Thank Absolutely you. wonderful. We, I want to talk to you for hours, but we've got to wrap <laughs> it up. Uh, just, just on a bit of a lighter note, um, yes. or a different topic. Um, <laughs> you mentioned you've got three million viewers, or listen,
2: re, yeah. Please. I've had about three and a half million now, 3.5. maybe three, maybe three point four million. Okay. Yeah.
3: Just want, just wondering if you can just share with our okay. listeners one of the best ways to or a couple of the best ways to actually grow your audience mm. to such a degree that you have, if that's possible um, for anyone
2: else? Well, the 3 million viewers have come over six years, so it's not it's not been a quick, you know, an overnight success. And I think that so many new bloggers you see in these Facebook groups and they're like, how do I get, you know, 500 Instagram followers in a week? And it's just like, dude, it takes time. Yeah. Um, you know, I I really think perseverance is the go and being yourself, not really worrying what other people think and sometimes as hard as it is to keep going through, even through all that crap like I just mentioned before, okay. just keep going yeah. and also have a really good support group for when that when that does happen and make sure your support group um, is, um, is of people that understand blogging, that they aren't your parents because my parents are fantastic but they don't really understand <laughs> that you can't just switch off And so you know, yeah. So not you know, a lot of my my good friends are bloggers, and you can really debrief from that. But I think the best the best thing for me is to find like minded like minded readers, I guess. And not all of my readers are in the blogger sphere. So I know that a a lot of my readers are you know like parents with kids with my condition or other people with my condition. So you know, don't don't just limit your sharing to that to the blogger sphere. Limit it to different. Other other communities, like or maybe still blogging communities, but really niche blogging communities. Yep. And I share mine a lot with disabled bloggers and chronically Ill bloggers, chronically ill bloggers as well. Mm-hmm. So that's been good. Um, and also try and you know do some guest blogs and write freelance if you want. That brings a lot of hits. Yeah.
1: Okay, so yeah. if you so what's the best way for people to connect with you, Carly?
2: Mm-hmm. So my blog is carlyfindlay.blogspot.com. And I have Facebook, which is Carly Findlay, writer, speaker, and appearance activist. That's my public one. And I have Twitter and Instagram at Carly Findlay. Awesome. And Carly's spelled C-A-R-L-Y and then F-I-N-D-L-A-Y. Wonderful. So yeah.
1: Thank you so much, Carly. And look, thank, thank you, you also. I love you. How you are just so genuine and authentic. I, I love thank that you. quality about you. And thank you so much for sharing. Some very important messages for other bloggers to learn from on our episode tonight.
2: Thank you very much. I really appreciate you having me and I'm glad that you think that I'm the same online as I am on Skype.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely and offline. <laughs> Thank you. i you in person and, and we'll definitely see you again. Have a fantastic oh, wedding and Thank enjoy you. your little mini moon and honeymoon later in the year and we wish you all the best, Carly.
2: You. It's only 6 days to go. Woo-hoo, 6 days to <laughs> <Okay. and> going. <laughs> no, I've got to go do my dress fitting now, so. Okay, I'll okay, see okay. You bye, Carly.
0: We hope that you enjoyed this episode of Aussie Blogger's podcast. If you would like to become a part of the Aussie Blogger's podcast family and suggest a featured Aussie blogger or just to say good day, visit Tan and Amanda at aussiebloggerspodcast.com or at bloggersupportforall.com. If you'd like to leave a review, they would love that too. Keep an ear out for the next Aussie Bloggers podcast coming your way soon.